What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. All right, welcome back to Fright School. We are uh, having a very special... Uh, edition of Fright School. We are in the uh, West Craven Bookmobile. Memorial down, Bookmobile. Memorial Bookmobile. Sorry. See, I already fucked it up. Uh, we're, we're here in Chula Vista at Onstage Playhouse. Yay! Wow, audience. there's so many people here. Yes! <laughs> More than just you and me and the cats. <laughs> we are here doing a, a fun live uh, episode all about Carrie in uh, conjunction with Onstage Playhouse's production of Carrie the Musical. Uh, so before we get started, I want to Give a big shout out. Thank you so much to Onstage for having us. And of course to San Diego Theater Connection who have also helped promote uh, this here event and uh, promoting Carrie the Musical and all of that. And extra special bonus, we are joined by two members of the production's cast. We have Lauren Ashley who plays Sue Snell. Hi, that's me. I'm Lauren Ashley. Yay. I play Sue Snell. Hi. <laughs> and uh, Margaret White herself, Wendy Waddell. Hey, thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you all for being oh, here. The crowd goes mild. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we have lots of the other members of the cast in the audience as well, so thank you all for being here. Yay. Awesome. Um, uh, and unfortunately, Carrie could not join us. Mary oh, Grace. Mary Grace. Yes. We miss Mary. We, m- we love you. Yeah, well... Mm. We wish she was here, yeah, yeah. but she's she stuck in the closet over there praying yes. yep. <laughs> for lo- mm-hmm. loosing the raven on the world. Loosing exactly. the raven. You know, it's all her fault. Uh, <laughs> shame. 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 That's you. That's me. Yes. <laughs> all right. So we're just going to chat a little bit about uh, both the film, which we just finished a screening of, the 1976 classic starring Sissy Spacek, the lovely Piper Laurie. Uh, John Travolta, Betty Buckley, uh, uh, directed by Brian De Palma, of course, based on the Stephen King classic novel, Carrie. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, then talk a little bit about the musical and your experiences. Uh, So where should we start, Joe? Because you've seen this. I have seen this. Right? I have seen this. I I actually saw this. It was uh, was coming home from Thanksgiving and I was on a plane and I started it and I was like, it was on my iPad and I'm like, Oh my god! People are gonna think I'm a pervert. I'm just like, <laughs> or they're gonna think I'm straight. I'm like, what is? It's like, what's going? What's going on? Now can we? I was like, uh, I have to cover this. And it's like, like and the guy in FC is gonna see. Know, he's not gonna. It's like, it's like, what are you watching on my? I was like, is that Sissy Spacek? Is she masturbating? What are you doing? Was, yeah. So Kinda. that's my story of 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 how I saw Carrie was on a plane on the way back from Thanksgiving, so. I don't remember the first time I saw it. You know, I don't even think we covered that. I, I think I, de- I definitely saw the movie before I uh, read the book. Um, so probably at some, you know, weekend night, my mom rented it and we all watched it because she was a big fan of it. So she's like, you gotta, you gotta see Carrie. And then I read, oh, based on the book by Stephen King. And I'm like, what? So I went to like the library the next day and read 
got it out and read it. Had you seen it before, Lauren? Actually, no. No, um, so this is your first experience? Yeah, my first experience Yay. with Carrie was with okay. the musical, and um, that spoke so deeply to me that I was like, I have to get the book, and I have to learn all the things, like, instantly. I've known this show since I was, like, 14. Oh, um, and then I saw amazing. the movie here with all my friends. I just didn't get a group of friends together because I'm a baby with horror movies. <laughs> but horror musicals are fine. I, I I agree. We love it's a fine. horror musical. We've yeah. we've not done many on the show, but Joe's always no. Trying. We're going to though. We're going to do more horror musicals. I'm just saying it right now in front of people, so we have witnesses, uh, people who want now to have I'm bound. More to. Now you're bound to do it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what about you, Wendy? Do you remember your first interaction with Carrie? Oh yeah. Uh- I was actually live when the movie was released, so um, I was a baby. But the first time I saw it, um, uh, probably junior high school. And like you, I saw the movie before I was really familiar with the book. Um, One of my best memories, though, was uh, having a slumber party. I want to say it was like my 12th birthday where a bunch of us girls were in the living room watching the movie. And my mom was trying to sleep, and we kept rewinding the end where the hand comes up and screaming. And my mother finally was like, God, enough. Stop watching it. Um, I've revisited the film through different time periods of my life, and um, I always take something new. Uh, it's it's a fantastic adaptation, but I read the book probably freshman year of high school oh, uh, and devoured it in, I think, like a day and a half. Yeah, same. It moves very Such fast. Such a yeah. great book. Oh, yeah. Such a great book. It's, yeah. it's kind of when my love affair with Stephen King began. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it must be interesting coming from your perspective as, as actors. If you ha- Did you get a chance to read the book? Oh, okay. yes, of course. All right. I love the book. So, you know, the book is like epistolary. There's your, there's your uh, $5 word for the day. Uh, Fright school, look at us, we're educational. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so it's told in like an epistolary prose style. So there's lots of articles about, you know, the, the tragedy at Chamberlain and the high school and, you know, the whole, because in the, in the book she destroys the whole city. Right. Or the town, um, you know, not just the prom. So you have all these interesting interviews, you know, with like the police and Sue Snell and other people that are involved and like, you know, these accounts of, you know, the White Commission, you know, doing this, uh, you know, analysis of telekinesis, TK in the book. And uh, so it must be interesting to have kind of all of that because there's like perspectives like like with Tommy Ross, is he in on it or is he not in on it? You know, like how much do the different uh, people know or not know? And so that must be... I mean, how do you, do you, is that true for you pulling any of that? It's super so interesting to, um, to read in the book and just go, oh, we have all these sources. And like in, in the musical, there's only one survivor of the black prom. And in the book, there are enough that they, they all collaborate and they write a book together. Um, and reading that book, there's a line that sticks out to me about like the difference between people's beliefs on what happened to Carrie White. Whereas Sue is like, here's the truth. Here was what I was trying to do. Here is what other people were trying to do. And then um, in the We We Survived the Black Prom, the book that the other survivors wrote, there's a snippet where I think Norma says, um, like, when it happened, you could either laugh or cry, and who could cry for Carrie White? Right. And it's so interesting how, like, the animosity stays with the students, um, and, like, that really warps how I think people can perceive what happened. And like once the White Commission can read that, you can pull all sorts of things out of context. It kind of yeah. reminds me of like BuzzFeed Unsolved a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit. And like no, that's how they true. interpret what happened to Carrie. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Wendy, thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know really how to, to add on to what, what Lauren just said, but um, I, I think it's interesting that the the creators of the musical really chose to tell the story from Sue's perspective, um, which I think is an interesting choice because I think the film really takes kind of a third person narrative, but we're not quite sure who. Um, Whereas the musical, it's very clearly Sue's story that she's telling. And I think the the book, yeah. Yeah. And I think the book lends itself to that as well. Um, I, I, I think at this point in my life, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that I am now of the age to play Carrie's mother <laughs> as opposed to Carrie herself. Um, but I, I, I think I view the story now through a completely different lens as an adult and as a mother myself um, in, in terms of the, the outcome of it, the, how, how the, these children interact with each other because now I can look at them and go, they, they were children. Uh, when, I, when I first read the book, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. now that I have some years and some perspective and some life experience, I truly do see them as children and making childlike or childish choices. Um, and I think the musical does a really lovely job of tapping into the childish 
childlike qualities of who these characters are um, a little more in depth, I think, than the movie. Yeah, I agree with that, absolutely. Yeah, so, like, speaking to that, like, kind of the... Um like the cruelty of ch- yes. like that oh, sort of, yeah. cause that's something that like I've thought a lot about with the, with the, you know, the, the film. And even when I think about like, cause for me, this was such like a revenge fantasy film. Sure. Like certainly sure. like totally. I would have made a lot of really horrible uh, decisions if I had telekinesis. Right. That's yeah. so good. Oh no. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm very terrible. And, and, and because I, I did, I, when I, you know, read and saw it, I really saw myself reflected in some ways, especially sure. at the, that age of like 12, 13, 14 as, as a queer person, as a poor person, sure. you know, like dealing, Dealing with like high school um, hierarchies and drama, it's like oh my gosh, if I had had like <laughs> a lot of people that had been taught a lot of horrible things, and you know, are 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 um, reflections of their home lives, you know, bring all that to class, and they take it out on you know on on the people that they feel they can and the weakness that they can. So it's like I have a little bit more sympathy, I think, you know, or, or empathy for everybody involved, right. you know, in, in their like cruelty right. of. You know, not to justify anything that anybody does. I mean, fuck Chris, you know, fuck Billy, <laughs> you know, but, but. <laughs> wow, there you go. He said, fuck that But bitch. just, <laughs> no, we don't use that word. But oh, sorry. No, 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 you can use, I don't, I don't use that word, okay, but you fuck. can use that word. <laughs> fuck. But no, but, um, but, uh, you know, but just like the, 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 the cruelty and, and the, like the high school politics of it. Because now like right. that you're out of high school and we have Facebook and there's people that I do know that were like bullies in high school that I'm like, look how happy they were. And I would have snuffed them out with, oh my <laughs> with a thought, you know. That, you know, it's diary. just like. Yeah. Well, and I think I think it's interesting talking about like social media in particular. Um, uh, one of the things that I my my day job is I I talk about cyber safety, and one of the things that we touch upon is cyberbullying. And I think one of the biggest takeaways I've gotten as I've done this job now for several years is when when we were ki- or when I was a kid, and there was no such thing as social media. Yeah. I was a bullied kid, and I and when you're bullied. The, the silver lining is when you leave school, you leave the bully at school. If the, school the, the bully's on the schoolyard, you get to go home, you right. get a break. But we live in a world now with cyberbullying, you never get to leave it. You never get right. to walk away from it. It follows you home, mm-hmm. and it follows you throughout your entire life. And I think the, the updated version of the musical does a nice job of incorporating a lot mm-hmm. of that. One of the characters, character Norma, uh, documents stuff on her phone uh, as things are happening to Carrie in the period scene, um, stuff at the prom, just mm-hmm. stuff throughout the whole play. They do a nice job of updating it and and uh, showing us how the world has changed a little bit, or how the world really hasn't changed. We still bully <laughs> just the format and the the execution of it might be slightly different, but the intention is still the same. That's really fascinating. See, I don't, yeah. I don't really know too much about the musical, like okay. outside of like, you know, what I've heard of the soundtrack and things mm-hmm. like that. And um, so I love that. I love yeah. that that's being incorporated because it, it is, I think that's why Carrie, you know, even I mean, this movie is, all, I mean, we're approaching 50 years, you know, in 2026. No, no, I know that. <laughs> uh, that this will be a 50 year old movie, but it still has so much. Why I think, did you say that? Like, she <laughs> just told you not to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess okay. I just I guess I just mean that it's still very relevant. Like yes. it's still it was very For enjoyable. For a fifty year old movie, you know, yeah. But I mean, you know, the the, the textures of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, stop it, Joe. Uh, well, you could he's he, just I trying mean, to as dig we were out watching the movie earlier. You could hear a pin drop in certain scenes because yeah. they still resonate. Yeah, they, they they still carry enough weight and enough power because the world hasn't changed that much. Yeah. If at all, really. Yeah, it's absolutely. just the way we communicate, the way we we uh, reach out to each other or don't reach out to each other might have changed slightly with the onset of technology. But in terms of how we treat each other as human beings, good, bad, or otherwise, really hasn't. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm, I I can't wait to see this because oh, you know I'm so I am very very excited about it. Yeah. Um, I'm also excited about where we're set up because uh, the director Terry Brown told me that this is where the penultimate you know, climactic mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. scene happens. So watch out, see the Joe. Up there. There's uh, a little bucket. Yeah, right I see the bucket Look up there. Yeah. Like, it's right there. Uh, well, it's not really above. Can we move that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just rearrange our set just for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know. Um. <laughs> see, that's. A, one of the interesting things about the interesting things about Carrie, especially when it's coming from like a horror context, is that a lot of people, you know, they they can they can empathize and they want to be the person who is causing the most damage. At that point, it's like you know, no one 
people who love horror, it's like they, they resonate so much with it because it's like there, it's, it's a certain element of wish fulfillment, of mm-hmm. fantasy, but they're also like, they would love to be in that position. You see yourself becoming, you see yourself becoming the villain at that point because it's like, oh, I have all this power and these things that I can exert on other people. Like right. no one, well, some people we know, but no one really wants to be Freddy. No one really wants to be Ghostface. No one really wants to be Hannibal. Again, some people we know, maybe, <laughs> but, you know, it's... You weirdos. Yeah. I don't know what he's talking yes. about. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like everyone has... They can see themselves in Carrie mm-hmm. and they right. can empathize with that kind of struggle. And, and often it gets... You know, often Carrie is... There's a lot of queer reading of Carrie. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes... it. It actually is one of the... One of the elements of like a, like it gets talked about as like queer representation and because it's like, oh, we can see ourselves as all of that wish fulfillment. Joshua, you, right. you know, talk about that a lot with, you know, just now especially. So it, that's one of the, wi- that's one of the reasons why I love the film so much is that it's just like, yeah, I can definitely see myself like this and what would drive someone all the way to the edge. And then at the end, you know, again, spoiler alert, the movie's almost 50 years old. Sorry. <laughs> but, okay. I'm you not, know, I'm not the movie. Might be yeah. The movie's right, not, right, you know, right. you were, you, yeah. But yeah. like the thing about the film is that like at the end, it's like, Oh, she's just asking, she's asking for what she needs and she's being honest about all of her needs with her mother. Right. And it's, you know, being cut down at every turn. So right. it's like, what do you do? And it's like, there's someone who's being genuinely honest and authentic about what it is that they want and who it is that they are. And it's just being cut down at every turn. Right. So, we talked about um, representation in Carrie a little bit, kind of just as like um, character piece and as like character work that we can do. And we talked about um, some concepts that we didn't end up incorporating too much into the show. But if you read the musical script specifically, there are instances where like we see characters who are like not exactly questioning their sectionality, but we have some homoerotic comments from one of the characters, and they get so quickly squashed because Chamberlain, Maine, is a tiny little town. A tiny little town, and like being a queer person, growing up in a tiny little town is not great for queer people. So um, we 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 don't get to experience like the full representation of like what a what a like oh my god I would love to do Carrie with like a lesbian Tommy, but like that's not really something that would be okay in that tiny little town. So it's yeah. it's just and interesting how it can still be, yeah there you and go the fashion. yeah <laughs> there you yes. go. But it's just so interesting to see how like the representation has to be so narrow because the point of Carrie is that the girls are this like pack of wolves and Carrie's the weirdo. And if she was gay, if she was a person of color, like that would add a whole nother layer to that representation, which would be incredible to put on a stage. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I like that you bring that up mm-hmm. with the, the girls as a pack of wolves, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess Chris is sort of their, alpha. like, their yeah, alpha. Um, so with Carrie, not only do we get those those <laughs> those queer readings, um, you know, but a lot of times Carrie's also read in, you know, with, like, a feminist lens mm-hmm. of, like, the, the various ways that the women in it find power, you know, whether rather you know whether that's Carrie's like actual telekinetic mm-hmm. power or Margaret White's like you know that that assurance of the Lord and the Lord has empowered her to run people's lives right. or Chris through her you know her cruelty and her you know mean girls well using her sexuality to manipulate her manipulate her boyfriend yeah exactly right, yeah. and her um, you know Queen Bee or Sue you know trying to you know find her altruism quote yeah unquote. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly mm-hmm. find that you know forgiveness so I'm curious um, and even with um, the coach with you know her power as the authority mm-hmm. figure yeah. and so there's very various elements where all the yeah. women literal in, power like literal she's in an yeah, institutional role. power yeah, so institutional. there's all these different ways that um, the women have a power that they are exerting and trying to exert that influence on other people yeah so just curious if you have thoughts oh, on I either of those you can you know? speak best to this one. <laughs> oh oh um I actually, interestingly enough, my my sophomore, junior year in college, I wrote a paper on Carrie because I took a class called Screen Teens. Uh-huh. And Carrie was this, the film we watched from the 70s to represent teenagers on screen. Um, and uh, I, I, I opened the paper talking about the power of blood, the power of the vagina, um, and uh, how Carrie's 
telekinetic power actually stems or, or, or reaches its, its fullest potential once the blood starts flowing. Mm -hmm. And I talked about how that opening scene, that, that shower head, how phallic it is and how it's like raining down on her and, and she's, she's uh, so oppressed by the masculinity around her in, in all of these phallic shapes and whatnot. But once the blood flows, the, the female power comes comes to the forefront. Um, I thought I was just being gross, like a penis. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you said no, no, that, no. girl. No, 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 no. It's this whole analysis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's raining down on you. Um, but I, I, I think one of the coolest things about this story, um, and, and it's so incredible because it, it is written from um, by a man, right. that uh, there are so many incredible female characters in this story that represent different types of power. You talk about Chris using her sexuality as a power. There's the power of the vagina right there. And we talk mm -hmm. about Carrie getting her power through the period. There's the power of the vagina there. And, and even Sue's using the power of withholding sex right. <laughs> from Tommy in order to get what she wants. Um, and I think what Margaret kind of represents is the, she, the suppressing of her own female power through um, the lens of religion and yep. how she, um, you know, the, the, the musical taps into this more than the movie. We really um, talk about how Margaret was violated by Carrie's father, that it was right. not a reciprocal thing. And nowhere in the script does Margaret talk about, in, in the musical, does she talk about how she enjoyed it. I know Piper Laurie's character, Piper yeah. Laurie's version, does talk about it, yeah, like and that's in touching the, yeah, and everything. And the, and the Whereas Margaret is re repulsed by it, and um, we get the sense that Margaret was raped, and mm -hmm. this is how Carrie came to be. And now that that has kind of diminished, I think, Margaret's power in terms of being able to empower herself. She puts, uh, takes, and tries to overpower Carrie and yeah. the, life, the lives that they've created. Um, but I, th I, I think that's the running theme is power and, yeah. um, how to harness it, how to, uh, take control of it, how to enjoy it, how to, uh, use it properly, um, how to not let it be out of control, how to not suppress it. It, it, it's, it permeates throughout this whole, this whole story and you see it a lot in the, sh in the show, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, what was the title of that paper? And do you still have oh, God. it somewhere? You know, Terry was asking me if I still had it. I will have to dig. I don't you know could that, dig I, that up. I'll would... try to find it. I mean, this was like pre, you know, saving everything. I think it's on a floppy disk somewhere. Oh, anywhere, yeah. So you're going to have to like yeah, go to a landfill and know, find That's the save. That's I, icon for people who don't know. It's the control S. It's a floppy disk. Control S. Um, yeah. So the pound I, sign? I, I you mean the hashtag to, sign? I'll have to dig. I might have it somewhere, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's going right. the way of the dinosaur at this point. Uh, yeah. Well, Sorry. if you could, that'd be amazing. We're excited uh, yeah, for this episode. I'll, I'll try to find it, yeah. We'll write another one. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Um, uh, funny you should mention, you know, characterize all the girls as like a pack of wolves because we just did, we just closed up a unit on werewolves and werewolf movies. Yeah. And a lot of that is oh, also okay. talking about specifically how, you know, how like women uh, you know that's like we're talking about ginger snaps and it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like her power comes also at the same time when they get their period and it's like you know this whole thing about like women and and con control and power by the moon and then you know this dangerous female sexuality that mm -hmm. you know often happens and and gets illustrated in a like very hyperbolic way so you know it's, it's interesting because it's like oh yeah like werewolves like all all women yeah. are werewolves and <laughs> Uh, basically, right. all women are werewolves. Yes, did, right. did you yes. know? Did you know that you're all women are werewolves? You're yeah. right. Yeah. No, it's very true. Yeah, the monstrous feminine yeah. is what you're speaking to, and you know, and, and Carrie being like a literal unleashing of that, right. you know, on these people. Um, yeah, it's very. And sadly, the the message that seems to be the takeaway for so many people is that that needs to be crushed and destroyed, as mm -hmm. opposed to celebrated and. Um, maybe taught how to control it. Uh, it. It's the idea is in the patriarchal viewpoint that we got to get rid of that. We got to squash that. These, this is dangerous as yeah. opposed to this is revelatory. This is, this is awesome. We should be in the embracing book, they it. Say something absolute that like the, the scariest part of the book for me was, I think it was from one of the papers from like the white commission. And it was about like, if there are more telekinetic kids in the future, like, 
what do you do with a kid who can break out of any room you put them in? Like, how do you yeah. keep them safe without putting a bullet in their head? Right. And I, ooh, even saying it, I'm like, don't kill kids. Ah! But like, it's just so freaky that they're so terrified by this power, which you can draw the metaphor to like, femininity and your sexuality and the power that that has as a woman, especially today with like movements like Me Too and right. all of this femininity and sexuality that's coming to light about why we shouldn't be ashamed of it. And and then I just read the words like put a bullet in it and I thought, oh, it's insane. Oh, and I don't have anything academic to say about it. It's just weird. No, that's no, that's that's great. And you brought up the source material. So, hey, look at that. It's so hey, academic. Are you citing my sources? Are you proud of me, Mr. Laverty? <laughs> No, I, I think, I, yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, I mean, we live in a society where like science, um, you know, and I work in behavioral health and like so much of it is, is centered in, you know, a white male, white cis male, mm -hmm. Euro centric, you know, like, oh, that's not normal for me to do. So it must be abnormal and we must, you know, right. um, pathologize it and give it drugs until right. it shuts up, you know? So, you know, when we're, we're finally coming into this realm where we're pushing back against that and we are trying to dismantle, you know, these, these things that these men have decided are normal. Right. And so if you're a woman, not normal, if you're queer, not normal, right. you know, everything becomes, you know, non, you know, not normal as compared to white male. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah precisely. So no, right. I think that's, that's a great point to bring up and that, yeah, the, destruction of that um, is uh, again which is why I think the queer thing you know mm -hmm. gets read you know with Carrie because sure. you know it's it is it's so destructive this force to the norm right. you know what people are uncomfortable with you know um, so yeah no that's a, an excellent uh, point <laughs> don't Thank fuck you. with the freak though that's the other that's the other message from yeah. Carrie well yeah and, and, and that's kind of like if we were to have a hashtag for the musical Carrie it would be what does it cost to be kind that's yeah. that's a line that resonates through the show and it's uh it's it's so true what does it cost you to be kind to somebody absolutely yeah <laughs> i was talking um while the while the movie was playing about uh to um my you were friend. talking during the film i was talking during the film <laughs> i was not the only one uh no, but uh, my friend is here who is a, a fright school alum alumni uh actually we have a couple of them in the room we've got the lovely ashley here who is with us at midsummer scream you've hi ashley her. you've heard her on the show and adrian you heard on our, our awesome hi, dinner adrian. episode <laughs> joshua tried to curse me the other day like a i did he like stroked my he yeah. stroked my he showed up face. late to the american horror story premiere party and, and then he went he and he, he looked at me and he was like slow wi-fi and i was like yeah uh, yeah. yeah so his wi-fi it was bad until today because we need we need a good wi-fi connection yeah <laughs> but you were saying uh anyways so she was mentioning because it was the first time she had seen this film which i was like that's so awesome yay we have a couple of virgins in the yeah. room but she's like it's so amazing that these people can be so cruel like she's there it's clearly it's the happiest like moment of her life and you know how can they look at her and go yeah let's do it let's, yeah. <laughs> let's do let's this fuck her up. Yeah. yeah i mean it is it's it's just the, the capacity for cruelty we talked about something interesting with those characters in terms of like motivation i didn't mean to cut off your sentence no 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 but, no, no. I was um <laughs> we talked about like um how a lot of carrie is centered around bullying and maybe like where that stems from we talked about the concept of like seeing yourself in the person that you hate mm -hmm. um so like we oh my gosh sierra and i carpooled together she plays chris and we had a great conversation about like there's a whole song about why chris is such a tough bitch and we get we don't get to see that in the movie we just mm -hmm. see she's a bitch um but in the musical we get to see like oh, maybe the reason that Chris hates Carrie so vehemently is because she sees a lot of herself in Carrie and she sees a lot of the weakness that she used to have that she was forced to outgrow. And from reading the book, we know it's from Chris's patriarchal, yeah. Yeah, her probably father's. white guy father yeah. who's oppressing her. And, and we had an awesome conversation about like maybe the reason Carrie um, explodes is because so much of her hatred is internal and self-taught. And then when it finally like... We've all been bullied. We all know how when you push that down, like it's got to go somewhere. The force, ha like what goes in, must come out. Like it, it just speaks to how self hatred can absolutely burst in in the most horrifying and graphic of ways. And uh, we don't get to dip into that a ton, but like there's lots of parallels that our beautiful, wonderful director uh, Terry Brown has tried to draw between these characters with like what I what I see in you that reminds me of me is exactly why I need to like pound you down right. to the ground. I like in the film where right at the beginning, Miss Collins, the gym teacher, how she's like, I know how these girls felt. Like, I just wanted to shake her, right. you know? And I think I love that that, because that does give, 
it opens up that conversation a little bit for people who it's like, you know, this is a, a horrifying moment for Carrie, obviously, but the people around her, they're like, what is going on? Like, right. she is freaking out, you know, for something that is normal, you know, you know this natural thing, because they don't understand either. You know, right. they're not thinking about her home life or where she's really coming from. At least it's not, it, you know, it's not explored as much in the film as, as, as it is in the book, because they're all, they all know Margaret. Right. Margaret, right. Ha- Margaret went to the same school. She was, has been this way her whole life, this fundamental, like, Christian, you know, so they, they don't have, you know, that perspective, you know, so they're all, hor- so it just kind of, there is just that moment that I think is nice that she voices that out loud of like, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do we do with this? You know, this is awful, you know, so. There's a way you're supposed to act with this and she's not, she's not following that norm. She's not conforming. Right. right. And no one thought to maybe, you know, ask Margaret White about, oh, well, how, how come you haven't, your daughter's in high school, how come you haven't told her about, you know that this could happen. Right. Yeah, and I don't, the film doesn't mention that, because I, I think it's in the book that she's not allowed to take sex ed, like she right, doesn't get yeah. permission for all oh, this. Well, so she's it, just totally... The principal says, you know, we can't police people's beliefs or something like that. Right, right. yeah. So it just, uh, you know, it's not too, you know, but she's, yeah, completely like ignorant of it. Like, what the hell is going mm-hmm. on? <laughs> I want to go back to something, Lauren, that you said about, um, about how like you're you're trying to the reason why people get bullied is because they're stamping out what it is that about them that you know, like and that that in of itself is a very is a very queer statement it's a very queer trope in I'm a pretty queer uh, woman. yeah well <laughs> and, but but you you know what I'm saying it's like you have that idea of what's like uh, I mean let's just go let's just be really basic and go back to Glee right yes! so yeah so Joshua you're gonna deal with it you're gonna deal with it so you're gonna you know I'm talking about Glee. One leak to another. It, it, well, you're talking in in that instance. It's like okay, well, it's like the thing that he is, you know, the thing that uh, one of the bullies in Glee is, is trying to stamp out is the thing in himself that you know he mm-hmm. ends up uh, he ends up like you know accepting and then not accepting and yeah. then you know so so that in of itself kind of lends it to you know oh okay you and know. there's hundreds of studies about how like oh I did I did this whole thing for my gender and sexuality class where like. Uh, there was a bunch of men in a room and they were monitoring their uh, like uh, their eroticism, their like arousedness when they were watching like homoerotic porn. Oh, yeah. And um, all the guys who had the highest like stimulus reaction were the ones who were like, I hate gay people. Like, I'm not gay. I would never. I'm like, Rrr. but the guys who were the most secure in their masculinity and like the most secure in their own sexuality were the ones who had no problem, no issue. They were just like, boys kissing on screen, what do I care? So it's, it really speaks right. to and like... not having an arousal Exactly. Response, yeah. So the arousal response is something that they're ashamed of and shame is something to be explored throughout all of Carrie in all formats. So it just speaks to like, again, the self-hatred of what I see and I hate in you is what I see and hate in the mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. No, that was... No, I... <laughs> I, that was it. <laughs> Joe, Joe just wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I just wanted to bring it up. <laughs> Joe, are you are you having something going on in your life? Are you like <laughs> you uh, working through something? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what I see and hate in the mirror is what I see and hate in you. Oh. Uh, uh, this is normal for the show. You'll shade, see. Shade. Listen, subscribe. You'll get to hear all what? of it. Yeah. I am sweetness and light, and I feel very <laughs> attacked. <laughs> I came out to have a good time, and I'm honestly feeling pretty attacked right now. You're the one who thinks that the fly is a tragic story, and it's gross. So you're you see, it's like, isn't it so tragic? It's so sad. It's it is. It's very. It's very tragic. The fly is also Uh, about AIDS, everybody. So you know, there we go. See, you you took something away. Are you talking about the remake? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. And Gina Davis. It's a little bit of a reach, but I could see. But we've had both. It's like the fly is either about AIDS or it's about addiction. I think more addiction. Yeah, that's what I took away from it when I saw it, but I don't remember when I saw it, so who knows what I would think now if I saw it. Um, I'd like Either way, a, Carrie White. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Could we have like a general conversation about horror films for a minute, oh, or sure. like horror as sure. a genre? So, uh, you said that you haven't, um, really, you don't have much experience with it. No, can I ask a little bit I'm about a that? Baby, yes, of course you can. Well, I, like you know, why, why not? Joe's actually very excited because he keeps telling me like we need to have people on that don't know anything about horror. Oh, then <laughs> yeah, because I, I, so I he's very. I've been I've been doing this for like four years now. I guess I like it. I still do it. So it's like I feel like it's gonna get a little sour now. And it's just like, oh yeah, let's go see like the the new slasher film or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, so someone like do you, what's like your first experience or memory of it? Of oh horror? God, I like okay. Here's my first experience with like quote a horror movie. I remember being a child. I think I was like 
eight or 10 years old and I was watching a Superman movie. The I don't know which one it was, but it's the one where he's like on kryptonite Island and he's choking and he's coughing. And I had to run out of the room because I was crying so hard. I was so scared that he was going to die. And then I saw the Transformers movie where they were torturing Bumblebee and I had to leave because I was crying so hard. Like I'm a baby with horror. So my first real experience with, I, like you can laugh it's okay. hilarious no I'm it's a okay like, this I, is horror like the you know the emotion it's just never <laughs> been my genre like I don't like things that make my stomach clench like that like I go on roller coasters to feel that like I don't I don't express the adrenaline the same way so like um, my first experience with like true blue classic horror was Carrie and I saw hmm. it, the musical when I was 14 and I saw these all these insanely talented actors and they had one of those knives that like was retractable so when she puts it in her sorry spoilers for a very old story but when she puts the knife in her back it, I was like <gasps> and I was sitting with my my actual mother and I was like <laughs> like crying and like retching in my seat I was like it's in her is this back. like the Los Angeles production no it was oh. in Seattle um, okay. I saw it uh, oh I love that version I saw it with Alice Ripley and I saw it with oh. Keen Whitaker oh, wow. and Cassandra Kassenbaum I was I had a friend who was in the show and he invited me to come see it and I, oh, I cool. fell in love from that moment and Carrie is like the only horror I can stomach because it was like my horror story because like I was bullied and obviously I'm a little I resonate with Carrie the most out of any of the characters. But now that I'm a little more grown, that changes. But my first experience with like true blue actual horror oh, was okay. Carrie. That's I was fourteen. Like okay. Wendy. Oh gosh, I was just trying to think. Uh, the the first horror film. It's between two, and I can't remember which one I saw first. It was either Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Mm-hmm. Or That's Exorcist. I can't remember. Right? I can't remember which one was first. Uh, which one? Uh, either it was Nightmare on Elm Street or The Exorcist. I don't remember which one I saw first, but oh, okay. I remember seeing both around the same age, which was about ten or eleven. Um, and um, I I enjoy horror, but I'm not somebody who enjoys gore for the sake of gore. I mm-hmm. am. I, I guess if I were to categorize the type of horror I enjoy, there has to be a lot of suspense, and I think. Like The Exorcist is a movie I will still visit because I think the the storytelling, the suspense of, of um, what is happening with this young girl uh, really resonates with me. Um, some of the more modern day, and I don't know if they would necessarily be categorized as horror, but like Seven, I think is one oh, of the yeah. most. Seven. Yeah, Seven. Is that Absolutely. considered a horror film? Yes. Okay, yeah, I think it's one of the most brilliant films ever. It's in yeah. my top ten. Um, and Jaws is yes. like mm-hmm. I, I would say that's one of the the movies like if I'm channel surfing and it's on I'm done <laughs> like don't bother me I'm parked here I'm watching it to the end um, and I think the element of suspense particularly in a movie like Jaws is fantastic and same thing with Seven at the very end when you don't know what's happening I I, I enjoy that more than I enjoy lots of blood and gore and, and guts and that type of thing. I don't yeah. mind it, but I don't like it just for the, I, like I, I was never one that got into Texas Chainsaw or the Saw movies or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but the torture, the torture porn. The torture porn. Yeah. 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 I'm not a fan of that, but I do. And I, and I watch American Horror Story. I, yeah. I enjoy that series. Um, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy it horror but I, I want a good story mm-hmm. I want something that's going to really suck me in and then when the horror is there I'm like it's all good because it's part of the story uh, so not not for nothing yes. but there is more blood in Jaws than there is in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre this is true you're right one. Yeah. you're right not for nothing no folks you're, you're but, right yeah. you're right um yeah, I, I, I. But the story and the, the suspense of the it, the story yeah. of it, and and the the, the cinematic, uh, yeah, the story. You know, a young Spielberg's vision of the 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 this first time you they're out in the boat and you see don't see land anywhere, and exactly. you realize how unbelievably isolated they are. And mm-hmm. it's three of the greatest performances ever put on film. Yeah, in also my the, yeah. those three men are just yeah. fantastic. So I love that. I love that you bring it up because we actually just did Jaws oh, for did an upcoming. Yeah, so we have an upcoming well, section. Didn't it, just, it just celebrated 40, what is it? 50, maybe it was? It came out in, what was it? 75 or five. Yeah, yeah, yeah 75. Like yeah, because yep. yeah, okay. I know it's before Alien because it, it was massively influential on Alien. Well, Alien, Aliens is one of my, all, uh, another one of my all-time favorites. My dog is actually named Ripley. Oh. After, after Ellen Ripley, awesome. um, would that be considered horror or is that yes. sci-fi? Yeah, uh, we, the original. We keep a we keep a wide. Okay, okay. You know, yeah. Horror. I'm not. A, I, I like the original, but Aliens. Um, yep. I I'm very drawn to mother uh, daughter or mother child stories, parent child stories, um, which Carrie obviously is. Mm. Aliens obviously is. Um, it's to me, it's always been a mother child story, not yeah. necessarily a horror story. Mm-hmm. It's a mother protecting her child, the alien mother, as well as Ripley. Yeah, 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 um, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Uh, 
trying to cycle Which is, back we just have to pull her in um, on that episode too. Yeah. Yeah. We have aliens coming out. I think I think Carrie is a lot of that too. Carrie is a, is a parent-child story, a very fucked up parent-child story. But mm-hmm. um, Margaret's parenting is is very uh, viable in the, the the story of Carrie. It's well, yeah. Speak speak a little bit more to that, like oh, about gosh. and your your experience now playing her. Well, I will say one of one of the biggest challenges that I have is I don't want to bring any of Piper Laurie yeah. into my character. Um, Not the hair. Uh, well, my wig a little bit. Well, they, they, <laughs> no, I they're famously... Wigging me. They're wigging... Actually, my, my wig is very similar to yours in terms oh. of the curl and the color. So it's... Nice. No, I, I will be emu- emulating I you, it. actually. <laughs> um, no, I, well, I, um, I've talked about this before on the show, but I had a horrible nightmare once, and it was all about having Piper Laurie's Margaret yeah, White it's, hair. It's out of control. <laughs> like, this is the it's, kind of stuff that scares me. I watch all these horror films, but I woke up and it's like... <laughs> out of control. It's like, out of control. I was so freaked out by it. I was telling people. I'm like, I had a dream. I had... Piper Laurie's hair. It's um because <laughs> it's at the end. It's, yeah, it's, it's no, it's it's its own character. <laughs> it's, it is. It's, it's, its, own, it's own its own thing. thing. It really is. Um, um, <laughs> should be. Should be. It's hard to step into the shoes so of a role that is that has had such iconic performances behind yeah. it. I mean, obviously Piper Laurie in in the and movie, Betty but Buckley then Betty Buckley it, and yeah. Aaron Mazzie and Alice, Alice Ripley. Ripley. I mean, it's you know who am I? I'm some podunk actor in San Diego, but. Um, it's it's very exciting I, to I'm trying no. to bring I've never seen the musical so I have that going for me I just I know the music <laughs> now but um, I'm bringing my take on Margaret to the role um, it's been hard for me in terms of some of the the physical stuff that I have to do with Carrie mm-hmm. that doesn't sit real well with me because I am a mom yeah uh, my my daughter is only eight. But um, Mary Grace and I have become very close, and we have a really good bond. And just after every rehearsal, I, I always go, are you okay? Did I hurt you? Are you okay? She's like, I'm <laughs> yeah. fine. Please, just trust that you've got this. Um, it's That's hard for me. And the very end of the show, I mean, I... I think we all know what happens, but uh, I don't want to give this away. There is a there's a very tender moment between Margaret and Carrie, and there's a beautiful lullaby that yeah. Margaret oh. sings that is oh. just gut wrenching. And I don't know that I will ever be able to do that without kind of losing feeling it a that bit, without yeah. really feeling yeah, it. Because for me, this isn't a horror story. I mean, I get I get that that's the genre, but for me, this is um, I have to as the actor playing Margaret, I have to look at it through Margaret's lens, which is um, this is the story of how I am trying to protect my child mm-hmm. from the world. And I teasingly said to, ta- to our director, Terry, I said, you know, I mean, everything Margaret warns Carrie about happens. Right. It's not like Margaret doesn't, is, in, is inaccurate with her, right. with her warnings. She, she knows the she world. Helped, she helps yeah. to cause a lot of it, make yeah. no mistake, but she's absolutely dead on with they're going to make fun of you, they're going to they're going to harm you, they're not your friends, they don't care about you, they right. they're not sorry for what they've done. The world is a horrible, cruel place. Stay here, stay with me. Um so I mean it, I I'm I'm beyond thrilled to to undertake this role. I have I'm terrified. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to show. I don't want to show my weakness, you know. But fuck it. Um, I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. I, I, um, I'm so excited to open the show, but uh, I, I know the the weight I have on my shoulders to undertake this role. And I, and I don't have the luxury of really interacting with the cast. Everything I do is with Carrie. Right, yeah. yeah or by right. myself. I have no, I have zero interaction with the kids. And actually the rehearsal process was really interesting because I was gone for like two weeks. I wasn't called to any rehearsals for like two weeks. It was all learning choreography and, and the, the, the kids working on their numbers of which I have no place. Um, and then Terry brought Mary Grace and myself in and we rehearsed our scenes and our numbers. Um, and so for a long time, I felt very isolated from the cast. And the first time I came in and the whole cast was here, I was like, oh, right. <laughs> There's like 14 of us. It's it's a little jarring. Um, but uh, I absolutely adore this cast. It, I, we could not ask for a... No, I'm serious. I, I, I'm... 
as somebody who is the oldest cast member, um, and I'm working with a lot of young people, I absolutely adore this group. They are all bringing so much heart and truth and love and passion and fierceness to each character. Um, this ensemble is going to blow your fucking mind. Um, so I have a lot of work to do to, to carry my own character in. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot yeah. of well, people are going to come in with their own, you know, because Margaret White is sure. such like an iconic, like, oh, yeah. sure. yes. horror and villain. She's the villain, no yeah. In a, you know, yeah, no yeah. Pressure, so it's like yeah. people are going to come in with that. So right. I, I think that's, yeah. I'm I get afraid that. people are going to follow me afterwards and like slash my tires or something. <laughs> be like, oh, you <laughs> fucking bitch. You know, I mean, it's. We get it. We yeah. understand. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's. <laughs> or worse, they'll be like, you get it. <laughs> yeah. You get it. Yeah. You know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I played the. The heavy before the bad guy before, but never this extreme. This is this is a whole different level. Um, but I, I'm thrilled. I'm terrified, but I'm thrilled. I'm really excited. Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, would you, Lauren? Would you like to speak to playing Sue? Oh sure. Um, okay, if you want to, it's like I can totally follow the big th- Margaret White. The and thank you, villain. thank you, Wendy, for sharing all of that and sharing, Absolutely. you know, very much on, you know, it's, it's public. You know, we're going to send this out to know, lots no, of people. I know. So. Come see Wendy Waddell. Be terrified. Yeah. Which is funny because she's terrified, but also like. I, we were talking about how, like, oh, if you don't know that Wendy Waddell is literally the sweetest person to walk the planet, you would be terrified of her after Aww, you. If you only you. saw this show, she's literally the kindest human being you'll we'll ever have the act. pleasure of meeting. <laughs> but she's actually Margaret White underneath. That's the right, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. She's yeah. She definitely accosted me in the parking lot with totally. tracks with yeah. those little chick tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. yeah. <laughs> completely. That's me. I mean, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Hit um, me with a Bible. Yeah. <laughs> On the flip side, we don't get to see a lot of. Um, Sue, like, interacting with that many adults or, like, that many maternal figures, but we did some toying with character work with our fabulous director, Terry Brown, about, like, parallels between Margaret and Chris, actually, because they're the two big antagonists in Carrie's life. Um, And we have our own theories about, like, what that looks like and why that is, but um, we also tried to draw the parallels between Sue and Carrie, Um, and some of it speaks to the self-hatred and, like, I get to be really, really mean in the beginning of the play. And I don't like it because Mary Grace is a fantastic and wonderful and lovely person. But, like, you need to start somewhere so that she can grow to somewhere else. And I really like, my favorite part of Sue is honestly the softness and the tenderness you get to see with Tommy. Because immediately after the shower scene where she's being just vicious and horrible, like a pack of wolves, like an animal, we are awful it is rough i cannot emphasize how much i hate that scene but we, oh but um then we have this instant juxtaposition where when she's with this boy this it, it immediately makes her more soft and more feminine and then when she starts to see that carrie is just trying to find that softness and that femininity it becomes a story of like oh you're me three years ago. And I, I've had that revelation just as a 20-year-old person, like, oh, you're me when I was in high school. And I, I feel like um, Sue, I, I resonated so much with Carrie when I first saw the show because I was like right off of being bullied every day of my life. And like my relationship with my mother is good, but was not as good at the time. And, and she was really not tough on me, but tougher on me than my sister and whatever. But, um, now that I'm a little more grown, I realize that I have more Sue in me than I thought just because like, I like being a nice girl. I like being nice (laughs) to people. Um, and I think that's very true for Sue and her character, but she has to learn that through the show. And I had to learn that I was absolutely shitty to people that I shouldn't have been. And I'm so sorry for that. Um, but (laughs) it's, it's, that's what I like about Sue is she's the only character who gets to see the consequences. I, I mean, she doesn't die, but like she has to live yeah. with these consequences yeah. of everything that she started. It's her idea mm-hmm. to start this whole ball with Carrie and like, to, and that makes way for Chris to do her horrible things and that makes way for Margaret to be upset with her about it. So like, Sue has to wonder if it's her fault and um, in our show we see Sue's perspective through interrogations with the police. Like, is she guilty? Do they think she's guilty? Do they think she's the puppet master behind all of this? Yeah. Is it something that she's going to be okay with ever? Or is this something she's going to live with? The rage carry too. Is she ever going to see this again? Is this right. going to be something that follows her? Right. Um, and we have some, some concepts for like, not the dream sequence, but like, is this a dream? Is this real? Is this an actual event that is taking place or is this just the never ending torturous loop of what has happened with the blanks filled in? Um, and I've, 
I've never had a character who seems so simple who is so rich. Mm-hmm. Because I could just be like nice and pretty about it, but we right. wanted to make it interesting to watch the nice girl learn to be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah the complexities. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Love it. Well, th- this. I'm so glad that you are all available to do this today so and share to be on a your podcast. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> to share uh, your perspectives on on the film and um, and the upcoming musical. So, Joe, any any last thoughts on on this rewatch for you? It was there were still moments that made me jump, and it was nice <laughs> to see that. It was nice to see that the final scene, there were people who reacted like I thought they would. And um, yes. I even reacted. It was like, oh, I was like, you know. Yeah, it was real nice to get some jumps with the hand. Because yes. I yeah. haven't seen that in years. <laughs> like anybody jump, because most people I've watched this with have seen it. So yeah. that was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And then it was just like, you know, I guess I guess the last thought I'll be like, you know, in, in terms of the, it, we're talking about the film specifically. I'm like, the person that gets hit the most is Chris. Like she gets hit by, she gets hit by the coach. She gets hit by her yeah. boyfriend many times. Like you know, there's there's a there's all of that. So you know, I, going back to your point about how like there, there she's experiencing like this pressure mm-hmm. and this abuse from other people. And it's like, well, in the course of the film itself too, she's also experiencing. It's true. Yeah, those she is. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And now you've opened that up, and we need like another hour to unpack. Right. But that's like, it. The, that's well, all I want. Could, that's my last you thought. Could spend an hour on each of <laughs> these characters. You really, yeah. They're so rich. Yeah, you really, There's really so could. There's so much there. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that I, you know, and I can't remember in the book, but I feel kind of just real quick to talk about the depth, like of Tommy Ross, for instance, mm-hmm. because he is like, you know, in the book, one of the most disputed characters of like how much involvement, like why is this guy doing this? Like why was, you know, he can't be just like this nice guy. Um, and I kind of like when the poem, I, I always liked pretending that that line later doesn't happen that he that he did that steal he did it. it because I like the idea that he wrote it well, he, and that he's much deeper and that like they, Carrie, they, ta- they tap into that a little bit more in the musical yeah see. well good yeah. Because, yeah. I, because I've always just thought like that's a, a nice depth like to yeah. him that mm, he is more than just this football guy and yeah. you know it's like she's a sweet girl like she's yeah. she's nice Jake, Jake, <laughs> Jake's Jake is precious Jake's in this role he well, just, hey, you will can, fall in love with him he is we're just gonna so set up outside and just everybody just bring everybody through just have a Evolving. Like, yeah. we'll do the whole... <laughs> we'll set up a little booth on the closet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know. um, because, yeah, because I'm sure there are, you know, there's there's so much to these uh, characters. So, well, again, thank you so much. Thank, thank you all you. for thank coming and so being part of this today. Um, we do just want to, to all, to, to you, dear listener, uh, Carrie runs here at Onstage Playhouse in Chula Vista from September 27th to November 3rd. Music by Michael Gore, lyrics by Dean Pritchard, book by Lawrence D. Cohen, based on the novel by Stephen King, directed by Terry Brown. Um, we want to thank, uh, James P. Darvis, the artistic director here. Also our choreographer, at, James, oh, our Patrick. Patrick. Ah, Patrick I've been my, oh, names all day. Yes, the lovely Patrick. We'll just Patrick ever, say all the names at once. No. <laughs> Patrick and um, And Martine, our musical director. Thank you, Martine. I know, there's so many elements I, that go into No, yeah. I love it. I'm like, hey, pa, you know. stage manager, Vanessa. Yeah. Like, we love, like, ah. pumping yeah. people, pump, pump, pump. And we'll have in, you know, the show notes. My we'll mom, God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, for this play, yes, yes God. God and, Very much so, and God. My, and the mother. And yeah, the don't mother. For, yes, don't forget. Thank you. Everybody thank their mothers. Yeah. Uh, so find in the show notes. You'll see the links to everything. Again, uh, thank you so much on Stage Playhouse, uh, San Diego Theater Connection. Say it, what? Oh, yes, on uh, opening night, September 27th. Uh, Fright School will be hosting uh, Fright School prom, so come down, get some yes. pictures, have some pig's blood punch, some uh, uh, bloody carries. I've also heard are, are on so the horizon. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun and see this awesome production kicked mm-hmm. off. Um, yeah, so very very excited. So thank you again to Wendy and Lauren, Joe, Joshua. No thanks to you. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Joe. Good night. The Raven, Joshua. (laughs) I'm the Raven. You're the Raven. Good night, Joshua. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California.
to the Geekscape Network.